Hello, and welcome to Seeger's Sight, the podcast about seeking spirituality, magic, the occult, mysticism, and so much more. A journey for newbies, beginners, old people, and experienced people, and those who are just curious. I'm your host, Charity Bedell, and again, welcome to Seeger's Sight. I hope you enjoy your journey tonight. Welcome to Secret Sight. Today I'm going to talk to you about getting started in your path or your practice. Now, there are a couple ways to get started, and in the end, it all boils down to just getting the work done and starting doing some of the work. But where do you start with your work? depends entirely on what sort of path and practice you have. So to go forward with this episode, I'm going to break it down into three different types of work. Spiritual work is going to be approached differently than religious work, which is going to be approached differently than practical magical work. So think of yourself for the moment when you're starting to practice, what is it you are looking to start with your practice? Are you looking for the religious practice? Are you looking for the spiritual practice? Or are you looking for the practical magic and the power to change your life for the better? Now I will tell you, If you do the religious work, and if you do the spiritual work, you will still be doing magical work, and it ultimately will help make your life better. It's just the focus on the magic, on the spiritual work, and the religious work is on your connection with the beings around the universe, and throughout the universe, and outside yourself. Whereas working on practical magic, the focus is on what you need at that moment and achieving physical results. One practice is not better than the other. I personally find that they are all that all three are needed to have a highly effective magical work. And I strongly believe that even if you just approach the practice through the approach of practical magic at first, eventually you'll start exploring the spiritual aspects of it a bit, and maybe even religious aspects. Likewise, if you start with the religious and spiritual aspects, you might eventually find yourself working towards some of the practical magical aspects because it's hard to focus on the spiritual when you have a hard time figuring out where your next meal is going to come from or how you're going to pay the bills so as a witch and as a magical worker you learn to do magic for the practical stuff so that you can work on the spiritual stuff 
So I'm going to start with how to begin with just simple practical magic. Then I'm going to cover spiritual, and I'm going to end the episode with talking about getting started with religious witchcraft. So, I'm going to take a quick little break, and we'll get started. Alright, so, you want to get started in doing the work of practical magic. So how do you get started? Well, the first thing I personally worked on was I figured which area of my life I needed the most change and work on magically. And for me, that involves learning healing magic and doing some healing work, which also worked out because my deep desire and spiritual goals were all around healing. But not everyone wants to be a healer. There are some people who aren't really good at healing, but if you have things that you need to have removed, if you have problems with love, if you need protection, there are people that are super skilled in those areas, but aren't skilled in healing. So sit down and ask yourself, what am I interested in doing magically? And if you can't think of a specific area like healing, protection, prosperity, love and luck. That's all right. The next thing I suggest you do then is look at your life at the moment and see which areas need some improvement. Could your communication with your partner be better? Do you guys need some more money? Do you need a better house? What are some of the things you need? And once you figure out what you need, you'll be able to figure out where to start with your magical practice. Because the basic basic underlying factors in practical magic is What do you want to get out of it? What do you need to get out of it? And there's nothing wrong. Practical magic is all about what you can get, what you can get for yourself, what you can get for others. And it's all about the physical stuff in life that we can see and touch and feel. I always I like to suggest that people start with protection magic because once you start working magic 
you start attracting the attention of spirits and energetic forces and having that protection in place provides a little barrier and some breathing room for when they do catch on to your practice and get start catching on to your poo and want to give you attention. And I'll tell you something. The last thing you want is to have a lot of unwanted spirit attention in your home. I've had it happen myself and it might sound fun to have a lot of spirit activity going on in your life, but it's really not. So you decided what type of magic you want to do. You decided on a specific goal or goals that you feel you want to work towards with magic. That's great. Next thing you need to do is figure out where you're going to be doing most of your work. I personally have my own little office set aside in my house where I do my magical work and I do my writing. And in that case, I have an altar in my home, in my office, and I have all kinds of different sterilite containers which contain my various supplies so that everything I need is right within reach. You might not have that luxury. You might not live in a place where you can keep a permanent working space up. And you might be in a space where, uh, thing where you just don't have your own space and you have to share your space with everyone else that's okay it's just you got to figure out where you're going to be doing your work so that you can figure out where what you have for storage space and how you're going to store your materials Because once you start working magic, you're going to eventually collect a rather large collection of things like herbs and crystals and wires and all sorts of miscellaneous components. This is one of the reasons why witches are well known for having lots and lots of jars. We collect miscellaneous things. We collect dirt, we collect crystals, we collect plants. And all of them have use for us in our practices. And we all need places to store them. So jars and boxes and containers are very popular. Next thing you need to do is just set up your workspace. Now, if you're not at the beginning, I don't necessarily recommend you have a set space because your interests may change and your practice may vary. And one time you may use the candles and another time you may just use pen and paper. 
but I do believe that you should have an idea of what your workspace is going to have. And my workspace, I typically, when I'm working, have, try to have space for candles, oils that I'm going to be using, and any herbs. When you're just beginning, you don't need to worry about having a large collection. You just need to have a clear surface that you can work on. You could, it can be a kitchen counter. It can be a small little folding table or one of those TV trays that you just put up and down when you use for work. You just need to know what you're going to use for your workspace. So you have your, you know your workspace where you're going to work and you know what your goal is going to be. It's now time to start working on and casting your first spell. And there are many different ways to work spells. The different types of spells are going to determine what kind of materials you need. Most people begin with simple candle spells. And I agree, I believe candle magic is an excellent way to begin working with energy and visualization and magic. But you can be even more simple than that. Take a piece of paper, write down your what you want. As you write down what you're trying to accomplish with your single goal at this time, focus on having that goal, focus on what your life's going to be like with that goal accomplished, and direct that energy into the paper. Now, there are a couple things we can do here. Once you have your petition written down, and that's your goal written on paper of what you're asking the universe for, you can take it outside and burn the paper and let the ashes float in the wind and get out into the universe. You can do what I like to do, which are make little packets where you just constantly fold the paper in half, reciting a chant or mantra based on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then once you've folded it into so many small pieces and it can fit easily in your wallet or pocket, carry it with you. If you have ribbon or string with you, you can wrap that string around it, tying knots and reciting mantras over and over as you tie the knots. All that, the reciting of the mantras, the folding of the paper, the focusing on visualization, all of that energy is going into that paper and as you carry that paper with you, that energy is carried with you and released into in that in that energy being released releases the magic which then allows your goal to manifest. 
and there you go. You just you just work through the steps of setting up your mat, figuring out your magical area, doing your first spell. Congratulations! Yay! You know what you need to do to get started as a witch. And I wish you good luck if that's your journey. Now we're going to talk about working with spirits and what this means. So stay tuned. Witchcon.com Presenting Witchcon President's Day weekend February 18th to the 20th 2022 Come meet and interact with hundreds of witches from across the globe get started in doing the work of practical magic so how do you get started well the first thing I personally worked on was I figured which area of my life I needed to most change and work on magically and for me that involves learning healing magic doing some healing work which also worked out because my deep desire and spiritual goals were all around healing but not everyone wants to be a healer there are some people who aren't really good at healing but if you have things that you need to have removed If you have problems with love, if you need protection, there are people that are super skilled in those areas, but aren't skilled in healing. So sit down and ask yourself, what am I interested in doing magically? If you can't think of a specific area like healing, protection, prosperity, love and luck, that's alright. The next thing I suggest you do then is look at your life at the moment and see which areas need some improvement. Could your communication with your partner be better? Do you guys need some more money? Do you need a better house? What are some of the things you need? And once you figure out what you need, you'll be able to figure out where to start with your magical practice. Does the basic of basic underlying factors in practical magic is what do you want to get out of it? What do you need to get out of it? 
and there's nothing wrong. Practical magic is all about what you can get, what you can get for yourself, what you can get for others. And it's all about the physical stuff in life that we can see and touch and feel. I always, I like to suggest that people start with protection magic because once you start working magic, you start attracting the attention of spirits and energetic forces and having that protection in place provides a little barrier and some breathing room for when they do catch on to your practice and get start catching on to your poo and want to give you attention. I'll tell you something. The last thing you want is to have a lot of unwanted spirit attention in your home. I've had it happen myself and it might sound fun to have a lot of spirit activity going on in your life, but it's really not. So you decided what type of magic you want to do. You decided on a specific goal or goals that you feel you want to work towards with magic. That's great. Next thing you need to do is figure out where you're going to be doing most of your work. I personally have my own little office set aside in my house where I do my magical work and I do my writing. And in that case, I have an altar in my home, in my office and I have all kinds of different sterilite containers which contain my various supplies so that everything I need is right within reach. You might not have that luxury. You might not live in a place where you can keep a permanent working space up. And you might be in a space where where you just don't have your own space and you have to share your space with everyone else that's okay it's just you got to figure out where you're going to be doing your work so that you can figure out where what you have for storage space and how you're going to store your materials Because once you start working magic, you're going to eventually collect a rather large collection of things like herbs and crystals and wires and all sorts of miscellaneous components. This is one of the reasons why witches are well known for having lots and lots of jars. We collect miscellaneous things. We collect dirt, we collect crystals, we collect plants. And all of them have use for us in our practices. And we all need places to store them. 
So jars and boxes and containers are very popular. Next thing you need to do is just set up your workspace. Now, if you're not at the beginning, I don't necessarily recommend you have a set space because your interests may change and your practice may vary. And one time you may use the candles and another time you may just use pen and paper. But I do believe that you should have an idea of what your workspace is going to have. And my workspace, I typically, when I'm working, have try to have space for candles, oils that I'm going to be using, and any herbs. When you're just beginning, you don't need to worry about having a large collection. You just need to have a clear surface that you can work on. It can be a kitchen counter. It can be a small little folding table or one of those TV trays that you just put up and down when you use for work. You just need to know what you're going to use for your workspace. So you have your, you know your workspace where you're going to work and you know what your goal is going to be. It's now time to start working on and casting your first spell. And there are many different ways to work spells. The different types of spells are going to determine what kind of materials you need. Most people begin with simple candle spells. And I agree, I believe candle magic is an excellent way to begin working with energy and visualization and magic. But you can be even more simple than that. Take a piece of paper, write down your what you want. As you write down what you're trying to accomplish with your single goal this time, focus on having that goal Focus on what your life's going to be like with that goal accomplished. And direct that energy into the paper. Now, there are a couple things we can do here. Once you have your petition written down, and that's your goal written on paper of what you're asking the universe for, you can... Take it outside and burn the paper and let the ashes float in the wind and get out into the universe. You can do what I like to do, which are make little packets where you just constantly fold the paper in half reciting a chant or mantra based on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then once you've folded it into so many small pieces and it can fit easily in your wallet or pocket, carry it with you. 
if you have ribbon or string with you, you can wrap that string around it, tying knots and reciting mantras over and over as you tie the knots. All that, the reciting of the mantras, the folding of the paper, the focusing on visualization, all of that energy is going into that paper. And as you carry that paper with you, that energy is carried with you and released into in that in that energy being released releases the magic which then allows your goal to manifest and there you go you just you just work through the steps of setting up your mat figuring out your magical area doing your first spell congratulations yay you know what you need to do to get started as a witch And I wish you good luck if that's your journey. Now, we're going to talk about working with spirits and what this means. So, stay tuned. You're looking for the perfect ritual tool, an herb. A place where you can find services and ask for advice? Check out Mystic Echoes, a small metaphysical shop that has plenty to offer. www.mystic-echoes.com Check us out! So, we covered getting started in practical magical work, and that ultimately boils down to figuring out what you want to do and what you want to have accomplished, finding a space to do the work, and then just sitting down and casting a spell. Spiritual work is a bit more complicated. And the reason it's a little more complicated is because all the spirits are different. Every spirit that you work with is going to find, is going to have a different personality. They're going to find they have different needs, different wants, different likes, and different dislikes. And you may find that you ultimately end up needing to design different spaces for each of the different spirits you work with. Now, the first thing that's with spirits is that you are very respectful to them. And the basic sign of respect is setting up an altar or a shrine where you will leave offerings and do your communication with them. And 
what you need on this altar ultimately is going to depend on your relationship with the spirit. Some spirits don't need to have everything. Others want a more elaborate setup. But in general, you're going to need a flat surface, a candle for light, a glass or bowl of water to give water, a plate for physical offerings, whether they be whether it be food or flowers or jewelry, and some sort of incense burner it can be a jaw stick incense burner. It can be a sensor with charcoal tablets. And that's the that will get it all set up. You'll have you have a place for them to give an offering for them to have their offerings. You got something for them to drink, something for them to see. And the incense is always an offering. Lighting the incense at their altar is a way of saying, "I am doing this for you. This is." yours. It's a trigger to your mind and your spirit and your body that you are about to do some spiritual work. Plus it makes it things smell good. Now if you can't burn incense, you can have um you can use an essential oil diffuser, whether it be one of the ones that you mix with water and it gets sprayed into into the air through mist or if it's one of the older other ones where you have a candle underneath a bowl and you have the oil on top and the oil and the candle heats the oil so it's evaporating through mist these things uh, that works. If you if you can't burn anything for some reason, fresh flowers work well as offerings for scent and for keeping things fresh. Now, once you have your space set up, I personally find that I like to have something that symbolizes the spirit on the altar. So my dragon altar has all kinds of different dragons on it. My altar to angels has angelic statues on it. My elemental altars have different different things that I associate with the various elements. This can be a, they can be pictures, it can be a little figurine, it can be an object from your, from the, the home you live in, 
it can just be anything that represents that spirit to you. Well, now you've gathered your supplies, you've set up a space. Next thing you need to do is give your first offering. Now, a lot of people are very nervous when it comes to giving offerings. And I can understand why it's not something that is, in general, considered to be a part of the Western culture. When you're given offering, you're, you're, you need to just be clean. You want to make sure that you are not carrying any any of the outside energy from the day with you. So you can either take a full cleansing shower or you can just do a, a refresh where you just wash your hands and just gently touch up your face and just feel clean and just brush yourself off energetically. And when it comes to giving the actual offering, you don't need to say an elaborate invocation or incantation. If you know any, or if you've written a, an elaborate poem or incantation you want to share with the spirit, go for it. But you don't need it. What you do is respectfully address the spirit, tell them that the offering is for them, and that you give it to them as a sign of your desire to communicate and build a relationship. This offering is not about what you can get out of a relationship with them. This offering is all about cementing and starting that relationship with the spirit. After you've established a long relationship with the spirits, then you can start doing offerings for the work done and you can, you know, give them something to entice them to do the work that you're asking them and then something as a thank you for doing the work. But for now, when you're just starting, sit down in front of the altar, place the offering on the altar. If, you're, if you are able to light candles and incense, you light the candle, light the incense, and then just date, state the name of the spirit or spirit group that you're giving this offering to. Place, give, put the offering, hold the offering up to them so that it's like you're acknowledging this is for you. Put it on the altar, sit down, and just close your eyes and breathe and relax. 
and sit for a moment. If they accept your offering, you will know right away. If they don't like your offering, you will know right away. But the point of sitting after giving the offering is so that you can wait and see and feel for any signs that they have been get there and that they accept the offering. Now with spirits, ideally you do want to be able to have a space where you can keep their altar and shrine up all the time. So that way you just need to go to it and keep it clean and place offerings on it periodically when you want to give them an offering or when they're asking for an offering. (coughs) But if you can't keep the altar up at all times, you just need to have a place where you can put all of the altar supplies together when they're not in use so they can be stored respectfully together and then taken out again when you need to or when you're going to have any communication with the spirit. The last thing we're going to talk about is working with deities and religious witchcraft and how you can get started in that. So, we're going to take a break, listen to an ad, and we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Seek Your Sight. Next week we have a whole new episode up for you. You can find us online on Facebook on our web on our Facebook page as Seeker Sight, and you can email us at Gmail as SeekerSightPodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you for listening to Seeker Sight. I'll see you next week. <laughs>